0: the James Suckling podcast wine ratings reports interviews and more so we have a number of the wines here and uh and essentially you have 17 18 yeah uh so I was looking back at my notes and everyone really spoke so highly of the 2018 vintage like what's your take on it you know it's so
1: you had 2016 2017 which were incredibly warm vintages and and lots of ripening but you also you know there was if you weren't in the right sites and you didn't weren't in control of your vineyards you can lose some acid and there's lots of things but like an 18 was just like this perfect vintage where you know you had a fairly warm beginning but it never got too warm in the summer and then it cooled down nicely in through the ripening season but it never got too cold and it never rained so significantly that it created problems so it was just one of those perfect vintages in the sense oh. that everything got you know you didn't have a huge amount of sugar accumulation and loss of acid. And you still got your flavor maturity and your tannin maturity, you know, and it's, it's kind of like that perfect storm. So 18 was a great vintage. Um, 20 to be honest with you, I think might be the best vintage I've ever been part of.
0: Oh, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, other than certain spots, such as horse heaven Hills getting smoke taint issues. Yeah. um, The actual the, the clouds that came from the smoke and they were really high outside of where the fires were created like this uh it just you know it was kind of going into a warm phase and it just stopped everything. And then we had this two weeks where everything kind of caught up and slowed everything sugar accumulation, but you still had this tannin maturity and this flavor maturity. And by the time we started harvesting, it was it was like it was so perfect. Like everything was like, you know, almost didn't even need to touch anything you just started bringing in fruit because it was ready by flavor rather than like pushing at you
0: so well one thing i did notice in in your um in particularly your siras was that and i was wondering if that's the 18 Hmm. although um there are some 17s here but but the palette was a little bit like the center palette was a little bit softer and i was wondering if you were doing more um, whole berry fermentation or, or was that really the, uh, the vintage where it has this very subtle and elegant um, center palette where the tan is spread say, across?
1: I would say the only things that we've really changed, James, is we're trying to be a little bit more on our picking decisions, you know, not letting okay. it get so ripe that we're losing our acid and and having too much sugar accumulation and getting more of these like really over the top generous fruit flavors, but losing some of the minerality and the earthiness of the wine. And then the other thing is we've kind of toned back on the extended maceration where we used to do 45 to 55 days We're we're more in this kind of 40 day, you know, not like pulled it back completely, but pulled Mm -hmm. it back just a little bit. You know, trying to refine and get a little bit more focus to the wines, a little bit more ageability to the wines, a little bit more earthiness and and concentration in the mid palate, um, and and that's really the only thing we worked on. So what you're what you're talking about, I think, is completely vintage oriented.
0: Okay, that's strange. Yeah, I was wondering because like uh, seventeen seemed to be a little bit more. Um, like punchy, I would say, while the um, 18 is just more spread out, really balanced. They're all, the wines are really all super drinkable. Like you just, they're savory and you just want to drink them right away. <laughs> Thank you, you know, yeah. The and, 17
1: but, was definitely a warmer vintage. It was a lot like 16, it was a warm vintage. And, you know, if you weren't on top of um, keeping the vines really, Healthy and, and vibrant, there was a chance that you can lose the vines in 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 the summer in August of 2017 to some of the heat spikes that we had. So you know, one of the things that we're, we we really work hard on is is keeping our you know because we're in a high plains desert, and and there is no water available, so we're watering our plants. You know, keeping the the plants vibrant with water, you know, keeping them healthy, keeping the leaves, you know, um, where they're they're they have the ability to do photosynthesis and do Krebs cycle and do all the things that they need to do, you know, not drying up and losing and senescing the you know the bottom of our you know the the first four nodes or the first leaves at the bottom drying out and dying out, and then your fruit is exposed to the sun and then you get a huge amount of uh, UV light hitting the, the grapes and, and then you know, you get these harder tannins that you see in a lot of wines sometimes in Washington. I think we did a really good job of that in 17, but you're gonna get more of that, that super unctuous fruit characters where I definitely agree with you that the 18s are far more elegant, refined, balanced. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think they're gonna age a lot better than the seventeens. I think you're going to get easily five to ten years out of some of the wines over the seventeens.
0: That's really interesting because I—that's exactly how I found the wines. I really wow, hold on, and um, you know, I I I, am, I enjoyed them. Some wines, and also some wines did better in eighteen than seventeen or vice versa. but, mm. I, uh, but that's that's normal. Those are you know site specific and um, right. you know whatever. But uh, yeah, definitely you get that s- subtle and and more broad brushed sort of wines, what I, which I think is really interesting. I you know um, very beautiful. But I thought maybe it's interesting because it uh, when I heard su- such great things about eighteen, I thought that it meant the wines would be bolder. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's why I thought it was interesting. Like ho- hold on. Like these wines are like that. And now I understand it's a, you know, Napa was a little bit like that as well, where uh, the wines are really balanced and beautiful and because there was no heat spikes and a lot, and it was a a late growing season. So people made much more refined wines with much more refined tannins and beauty. And it was funny because I thought like, and I did, you know, I could, I love the 18s, Uh, but at the same time, I think 16 is probably better because it has a little bit more structure, but that's just really splitting hairs. Like if I was gonna buy something, it probably would be the 18s.
1: Yeah, I I think 18s are, um, I think it's an amazing vintage not to take any away from the 17s and 16s, they're really beautiful wines. Um, But I mean, I think that, you know, 18 is a lot more like 12 in some senses, not that I didn't think that we made some really really incredible wines in 2019 because it was a cooler vintage it was just it was just a vintage that um was a little bit more stressful and heartache and all okay, those things okay. that go with winemaking sometimes where like the 2020s they don't and 2018s don't come around very often Where it's just like everything just feels like it's it's working because mother nature is working with you and, you know, and those are the fun things for winemakers, you know, is, you did, know you to, like,
0: did you get, tr- did you, did you try any new things like at 18? I remember a lot of people in Napa were saying, Oh, that was my chance to try some, because we could pick any time we wanted and we could, well, they did micro vinifications and try different things. Did you, did you do stuff or, or you were just like, wow, this is great. So you're just making, you know, awesome wines yeah. and just enjoying it. I just experience. felt like it was
1: great and like I was yeah we were doing a lot of harvesting with lower bricks so that we had lower alcohols and higher acid and just really enjoying the fact that we can get the tannin maturity before the sugar and the acid was out of whack you know it was just nice to have that you know where it's like oh i don't have to wait to pick this i can pick this now and it's 23.2 or 23.3 you know and the acids are you know in the high sixes with ph's that are low and i'm going to get this really incredible i mean you know oh. i mean we're so different than than napa because yeah like our malates will be in these cooler vintage was will be you know 3.5 to 4.5 malate grams per liter, which wow. they're lucky to get two. Yeah. You know, so yeah. You, you have these huge swings in the pH because you can pick something at like 3, 4 pH and it's going to swing all the way up to 3, 8 with that, with that much malate. Oh, that's interesting.
0: I never thought of that. Yeah. Huh. So, that's you know, really... you'll
1: have these high, you know, what Washington has a lot of typically in these cooler vintages is high pHs and high TAs. So, I can have a TA that's like six, two, or five, eight, and have a pH that's three,
0: eight, five. Wow. Yeah. What does that do to the like texture of the wine then? Well, it's the thing about the pH typically
1: gives you that fleshy quality like yeah. that feeling of of roundness the higher the ph yeah but the, when you have a high ta then you feel like you have that like it draws focus on the on the palate and guides it so it's it's like the best of both worlds you're getting exactly. the fleshiness and you're still getting focus at the same time
0: yeah like you st- it's still sort of framed even though you get the fleshy rounder right. texture Right,
1: if you have oh, like a low TA, like in the fours, when you have that high of a pH, it just feels kind
0: of like blocked in the That's like really, That's That's more European, I would say, like, um, definitely. And although, like yeah, they try to, you could try to fix it adding, you know, acidifying, but it's just not the same thing.
1: No. And that's why I think Washington is, I mean, Washington's so similar in some ways in structure as as France and Europe because of that, especially France, because're we're, 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 we're on the same part of the planet, so high
0: yeah.
1: you know um, latitude, and I think that creates a lot of those, those acid you know it's like harvest is fast, you know it's like if you're harvesting in November, it's, it's too late yeah.
0: yeah. But it's just interesting, that's three years in a row, three excellent vintages. So I think it's a pattern, but they don't like, it. oh, no, no, we don't know, we'll see. But but they do admit, and of course they do admit, that global warming has actually you know, benefited Bordeaux.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's really benefited uh, Washington too. I don't feel like our summers are as hot, but we have mm-hmm. a little bit longer springs and... we don't get the freezes that we used to have. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why we're on our own roots in in Washington state is because we used to have these freezes every six to seven years that would just decimate whole vineyards. Yeah. So the biggest problems we have here rather than Phloxera and, you know, Pierce's disease or Utaiba or any of those things is our Hmm. biggest problems is, is, uh, 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 crown gall and, and freeze. Those are our biggest you know, biggest problems because crown gall causes by the, the bark freezing and splitting open and the bacteria getting into it. And then freeze basically just will kill the, 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 the vascular tissue of the vine. I think the 18s and then I'm bottling the 19s tomorrow and I just mm-hmm. taste them; they're so beautiful and, and elegant and refined. And I'm I'm really happy that you noticed that because I'm really proud of yeah. this. I,
0: yeah. I think they're beautiful wines, really subtle, like refined and, and with lot with the beautiful intensity to them. So Brendan, when do you think you made the change to uh, wines like more like less sort of worked wines when it, more I don't want um or less concentrated? When when was the Vintage or when was the vintage because i haven't i'm just asking because one day i want to drink you know there's no use in tasting the wines back from you know like you said to the 2000 to 2010 like early 2000s because uh it's the same in in napa and a lot of other places where those aren't the style spain um australia like those aren't the wines yeah yeah italy less luckily yeah, if we taste 10-year-old wines, it's not at all, it's, it doesn't reflect what you, where you guys are at today. No, and I think
1: 10 years from now, what we're really going to see yeah. is, and is, is, I mean, I think we can take the 17s or the 16s and exactly. taste next to the 18s, and we're going to see this huge difference because I think the wines are much closer now than they're going to be in five to six to seven years.
0: Yeah. But, I, but I, what I like to see, for example, I, and, you know, you know, um, well, Northern Rhone didn't change that much while well, Southern Rhone did. But you see, like you tasted today's wine and you tasted 20 years ago and you can make the connection. You know, mm-hmm. that's the fun part about wine. The problem with that one, the era of over concentrated of um, the rich wines. It's very hard to make that connection because they were so extracted and had so much wood. Maybe in 20 years, it'll the terroir will come out. I've seen that happen, but um, it's a little bit frustrating because some things are oxidized. I'm talking mostly about Napa from that period, um, although not everyone went that way. But so, so probably the wines now, and then the wines in 10 years, you'll really they're in the family. You'll make that connection. You know, you saw, you saw your son when he was you know, ten. four years old. Yeah, 10 and now he's 20. And you can still I you know that's what was cool about wine.
1: I agree. I'm so glad you're saying stuff like that. You know, for me, like making wine or being part of the winemaking process through the vineyards and everything is more like raising children than it is anything because it's not like you're in complete control. Like really there's this this being doing its own thing. And really you're just trying to make sure it doesn't walk across a busy street or or eat poison or something like that.
0: Thanks again for uh, the conversation and tasting. It was really fun to catch up.